by ever being aware of that subtle movement of the river of loving, by living from that, in that flow, as much as we possibly can, and be open and receptive to that movement of loving, allowing it to ever fill us to overflowing. And then let the overflow just spill out and go where it will, forming a river and moving however it will throughout creation to do the work that it knows to do. Then we truly are the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord on all levels of creation. And as you begin to be aware of that subtlety, oftentimes it takes place first in our meditation and or a dream state. That's often where we become aware of this subtle movement first. It often doesn't happen where we just all of a sudden be aware of it while we're driving the car to the grocery store or we're at home writing checks and putting them in the envelopes to mail it or we're on the phone with someone listening to their problems. Oftentimes we become aware of the subtlety of this living spirit, this river of loving, while we're in meditation. I know for me, I can tell when I'm not in touch with that flow. I can tell because the energy is grosser, denser, and it is pulling me down into the mental, the emotional, and the physical creation of myself and of all this creation of the world. And it is for me then to allow myself to let go, to just let go of that grosser energy and to focus back into that place where I reside as soul, at the seat of the soul, and be aware of the subtle movement of life, the subtle movement of the audible life stream, which is the Holy Spirit. And that's where I began to be aware early on of these two dynamics, the world and the spirit. And when I would follow the movement of the world, it would take me deeper and deeper into myself, into my concerns, into my fears, into my worries. And it would take me deeper and deeper into the challenges of my physical body to where I would dwell upon them and get complaining about them and wonder why me, why is this going on? And if I would move away from that and move more into the subtle, I would be aware of that divine river of loving, that quiet stillness, that still small voice inside, the audible life stream, the light and the sound. There's so many different ways to describe it. And I began to find that in meditation, I would often, just out of habit, follow after that denser, grosser energy of the world, just out of habit. I also found that as I was getting older into my teens, and my hormones were kicking up, and the karmas were becoming more present in my life, I would often find myself following that grosser, denser energy of the physical as well. But when I became aware of that, I immediately began to look back inside and up, up to that place where I knew I could connect to that subtle movement of spirit, 
where I could connect back into that river of loving and be filled up once again with loving rather than with worry and concern and fear. And as I have been present watching all the events over the last few days with the hurricane coming and all the people talking about what was going to happen, what could happen, laying out all the patterns of fear for everybody to get concerned and caught up in, and actually feeding the process even more so, and then watching after the event all that is unfolding now and all that is going to be taking place. Watch yourself very carefully because the world is going to do what it can to hook you, to trap you, to bring you back into the world of emotion or of the mind. And it will do so through fear. It will do so through having you feel sorry for them that have now gone through this. It will do so by making you feel guilty that you weren't there and went through it or that you have these things and your life is so much better now than theirs. It will do whatever it can to hook you into something that will draw you back down into this creation. What did I say earlier? If we truly connect into that subtle flow of loving, that subtle action, the movement of spirit, and allow that river of loving to move in us and through us, filling us up to the full, filling us to the overflow, and allow the overflow to go out into the world, we do become instruments of loving just automatically. We do not have to do anything. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to want it. It just happens automatically. So when we sit in meditation and when we're chanting the name of God and we're holding our attention at the seat of the soul and we're looking up and saying, Lord, I love you. I love you so much. And I speak this name now to let the power of the name you into me so that I live in that power. I live in that loving. And it fills me to overflowing. Then you do, in your meditation, become an instrument of the divine flow of love. You do fill yourself up. You do become an instrument by the overflow going out to wherever it will. But in the process of your meditation, don't get caught up and say, now, I want this loving that's going to come in and fill me up to overflowing to go to Louisiana, but it's got to go to this city and this neighborhood, and don't forget this address. That's not what it does. Because then you've placed a condition upon it, and it's conditional love. And what it does is the energy drops down into the emotional love energy, and now it's your willfulness that's manifesting and not the will of God. It's very different. So be aware that as you do your meditation every day and you allow that river of loving to move in you and through you and to fill you up to overflowing, you are becoming an instrument of loving. And then as you go out into the day from your meditation, carry that energy with you. Live as a living prayer, as Jesus said, 
become a living meditation so that as you open your eyes, as you get up, as you go and do the rest of the day, your meditation still stays alive and present within you. One way to do that is every once in a while, say the name of God inside. Why sit in your car and fret about all these bad drivers and worry about what's going to happen when you get to work or whatever it is you do while you're driving? Why not chant the name of God, eyes open, driving down the street, and just continue to live that prayer, that meditation, that loving. And at work, rather than getting caught up in gossip, just listen, but not attentively, and go inside and just chant the name of God a few times to bring yourself present, to bring yourself centered, to allow yourself to open to that subtle movement of loving, that divine grace that is ever-present with us. It's our choice. How are we going to live our life? How do you want your life to be lived? I choose to have God first in all that I do. God didn't say, well, have God first in your meditation. And then the rest of the time, it doesn't matter. God said, have no other gods before me. Not your work, not your wife, not your husband, not your children, not money, nothing. Have no other God before me. And that's 24 hours a day plus. So go out into the world and put God first. Bring forward that name of God and let it live in you wherever you go. Chant it, chant it, chant it all the time whenever you find yourself the opportunity to do so. Chant it and let it live within you. Have no other God before you. Because believe me, your boss will become a God. Your wife or your husband or your children will become a God. Your dog, your cat will become a God. They will rule your life. They will be the ones you worship and bow down to. You need more food? What, what, what do you want? Oh, you want to go outside? Not, that's not talking to your wife or your husband. That's a dog or a cat. <laughs> so I have been around a few relationships that sound like that. <laughs> so pay attention to how you're living your life. If you want to be multidimensional in your awareness, then become so. Live so. Live it and it will be so. But if you find that you're living your meditation, waking up into spirit, and then you let yourself, in a sense, go to sleep in spirit and wake up in the physical to go do the physical world, you're not multidimensional because you're not living it all at once. You're multidimensional in the sense that, well, you can do one dimension and then you can do another. But you're not doing it all at once. A true multidimensional being is one who is aware of all the levels at once. That's so funny because as soon as I looked up, somebody waved. <laughs> There's always a good joke on the other side. All you have to do is look up. And there it is. <laughs> they saw I looked up and saw them and they waved back. 
So be aware that to live multidimensionally is to be aware multidimensionally. And to be aware multidimensionally is to be present in the moment. And in the moment, be aware in that moment of the subtle movement of spirit. And be aware that you are not going to be aware of it physically or emotionally or mentally. You are going to be aware of that subtle movement of spirit in the soul. So wake up in the soul. Know yourself as soul. Live as soul. Go do everything as soul first. And you will be aware of that subtle movement that is the divine loving. If you live it as though it is, it will become so. And that's the truth. If you live it as though it is, it will become so. So be aware. If you want God in your life, put God in your life. If you want loving in your life, that is the subtle movement of spiritual loving, put that in your life. Put it before you every step, every step, every step. God's in that step. Loving is in this step. And it will be so if you say so. Because you are bringing it present with you wherever you go. Chant the name of God every step you go. When I was living in Hawaii, I walked five miles a day from my house down to Waikiki and back. And except for sometimes when I was walking on the beach, because <laughs> I would have some challenges down there when the surf would start coming in, the tide would be coming in and not going out like I thought it was. I, will, I would say the name of God over and over just as I would step. And I found that that was a way for me to let that name of God live in me and through me while I had my eyes open and I was doing something. And it allowed it to become solid in all the levels of my consciousness and not just when I had my eyes closed, seated in a meditative state. And it was very interesting because one day I was walking along and I was chanting, uh, chanting the name of God as I was walking. And this woman that I knew once, uh, I would see once in a while and I knew somewhat from my walks, she came up to me and started talking. And as she was talking to me, I was still finishing up this chant that I had started. I wanted to to say the full name one more time as she was talking. And as she was talking, all of a sudden she looked at me and she says, you're not paying attention, are you? You don't know what I'm talking about. And I went, what? <laughs> and she said, so what were you thinking about? Where were you? And I thought for a moment, and I thought, oh, God, I don't want to make up something. You know, that, that wouldn't be a way I would want to identify what I was doing. So I said, well, I was in prayer. And I just wanted to finish my prayer before I actually started paying attention to the world out here. And she said, oh, that's wonderful. I pray the rosary every day. And when I walk around, she walked around Diamond Head. And sometimes we would meet as I was going into Waikiki. She'd be coming around Diamond Head to go back home. And she says, I pray the rosary as I go around Diamond Head. And... Sometimes I will walk it twice because I'm just not finished. I want to do it again. I want to do a novena rather than just to say it once. 
And so we were talking about all this, and all the time her dog was just standing right there, and he would watch us. And I was always amazed by this dog. It was just wonderful to be with this one particular dog because it was so present and aware of people and conversations. And the dog would just watch whoever was talking and go back and forth as though it was really following the conversation. And every once in a while I would look down at the dog and it would look, just be looking at me, you know, like, yes, yes, oh, keep, keep talking, don't stop. And so one day I asked her, I said, does your dog do this wherever you go? And she said, yes, it's amazing. It just drives people crazy. <laughs> because all of a sudden they're just aware of this dog's watching them and listening to them and they stop talking because they don't know what to say for sure. <laughs> and I just loved it. And what I realized is that when we are ready, when we are ready to move forward in our growth, in our evolution, in our path of spirit, whatever it might be, if we pay attention, what we need to hear will be present. But we have to pay attention. And that's what this dog was doing. It was, a pain, it was paying attention to everything, taking it all in in the way it knew how for its own growth, for its own evolution, for its own movement forward. And I often think about that dog doing that, and I look at myself and I wonder, do I do that? Do I really pay attention the way that dog paid attention to everybody's conversations? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I wish that I did, but I don't. But I do know one thing. I do pay attention to one conversation, and that is God's conversation with me and my conversation with God, where I am ever sharing my loving with God and God is ever sharing God's loving with me. That I do pay attention to, and that I bring forward in my daily life as much as I possibly can. So yes, we may not be able to live it 24 hours a day, but we can live it a lot more than we might think. And we can live it way beyond our meditation time of two minutes, two and a half minutes, or maybe two and a half hours, <laughs> whichever comes first. <laughs> so, and I say that not jokingly really. Have you ever had the experience where you sat down and two and a half minutes seemed like two and a half hours? And have you ever sat down and two and a half hours seem like two and a half minutes. So I say it jokingly, but at the same time, there's a truth to that. I was aware tonight, after I looked at my watch, it was 45 minutes that we meditated. But it didn't feel like 45 minutes. It felt like 10 minutes, maybe, to me. But other times, 45 minutes would seem like 45 days. <laughs> That's when I'm caught up in my body. That's when I'm caught up in myself. That's when I'm caught up in the situations of myself, the others, or the world. And then time drags on. Because what are you doing? You're living time. You're living in time. You're caught up in the flow of time. And time is ever shaking us. Time is ever wearing us down and aging us. But if we're living in that river of loving, we're above time. There is no tick, tick, tick taking place. 
of the seconds going by and there's no awareness of those things of the physical creation. We are truly living in that subtle river of love. And then, because there is no time, it goes by very quickly. I found myself sometimes meditating and I'll do the two and a half hours and then I'll get up and I'll sit right back down because it's like, I don't care if I've done the hours. I haven't done what I really wanted to do. I haven't gotten there yet. I want more. Or I may be so into the flow, I just don't want to leave it. I am enjoying it so much. Why do I want to get up now? Just because the clock says it's time to get up? I don't want to live in the realm of time. I do that enough as it is. 3 o'clock, I've got an appointment. 4.30, I've got an appointment. 5.30, I've got to go eat because I've got a 7 o'clock appointment. <laughs> you know, that's living on time. And yet that's how we move in the world. That's how we get things done in the world. That's how we fulfill ourselves in this world. So yes, time is beneficial. But if it becomes a god, then it's not beneficial. It's the ruler. And for many people in the world, time has become the ruler. It's very interesting. I've always heard about Swiss time, but I never experienced it until I went to Switzerland one time. I had gone to Switzerland for a meeting and flew in, had a very nice experience. And I, I don't know if you've ever had Muslik, the cereal. Um, you've got to go to Switzerland. It's unbelievable there compared to anything you get here. I don't know what they do different, but they truly know how to make it, I guess because they are the originators of it. But that's not about time. <laughs> that's about appetite. <laughs> but I got back to the airport to, to depart, and I'm sitting there, and I had quite a while before we had to board and leave, I thought. So I thought, well, I'll go get a Coke, and I'll sit here and, and just wait, you know, for for the time to get on board when they announce it. So I came back and they opened the door and they announced that uh, they're going to start boarding in just a moment and people started getting up and all going on. And I wanted to finish my coke, so I'm sitting there and I think, well, I've got plenty of time, no worry. They haven't made final announcement. You know, I, you know, they, 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 you know, we had like 25 minutes before we were supposed to leave the gate. So. I'm sitting there and the man comes over and he says, are you on this flight? And I said, yes. He says, well, you better get in there. I'm, I'm waiting on you because we're going to leave now. I said, well, we've got 25 minutes. He said, well, yeah, the plane's taking off in 25 minutes, but we're leaving the gate now to get to the end of the runway. So I rush in. I sit down. I'm the last one on. Everybody's kind of looking at me like, so what were you doing out there? <laughs> so we taxi out to the end of the runway and we sit and we sit and we sit. And right on the minute that we're supposed to leave, we leave. We don't leave the gate. We leave the runway. And so later I asked the, the steward, is this what happens? I mean, is this how you all do this here in Switzerland? And he says, oh, yes, we're punctual. When we say we're leaving at 8 o'clock, we leave at 8 o'clock. And, and we're at the end of the runway waiting for that time to leave. And they have it scheduled in just that way. So I realized how much time can really run us, control us, and how rigid it can make us if we're not careful.
But time can also serve us in a wonderful way if we stay present in it and ever move in doing in the time that we have to its fulfillment. And I find that if I do that, I get a lot done in the day. I really do. There's still always more over here on my email and more messages to call back on and whatever, but I get a lot done. So I can lay down at night and go to sleep because I'm not thinking about what I didn't get done. I fulfilled what I needed to fulfill in the moment, and that is answered inside of me. And I go right to sleep. And when I wake up, I can feel that subtle movement inside when it's time for me to get up and go meditate. It's fun sometimes because I'll lay there for a minute thinking, okay, I don't feel it. I'm going to go back to sleep. I'll roll back over. And as I roll back over, all of a sudden I feel it starting to move. And I go, but I rolled over. I could go to sleep. <laughs> and it just starts getting more and more. And I say, okay. And then I start waking up and I go up and I go to meditate instead. And I find that if I don't follow the movement of spirit, if I don't find follow that subtle loving movement, and I do roll over and go back to sleep, I have all these dreams about what I would have been experiencing in meditation, what could be taking place, or whatever might, might come forward. And I've learned just to follow that subtle movement. Sometimes it's at 2.30 in the, in the morning. I'll wake up and I'll feel it moving, and I'll go up and I'll meditate. And I might meditate for the full time and then go back to sleep. And other times I get up at 2.30, I meditate, and then I stay up. I follow that subtle movement, whatever it guides me and directs me to do. This morning I was meditating. And as I was meditating, all of a sudden I saw written in front of me, get up and go do. And I went, get up and go do. And I thought it meant get up, back up to the seat of the soul. Maybe I wasn't up there and go do. So I started focusing. I went, no, I am focused up here. That's where I saw it. And then I saw it again, get up and go do. And I went, well, wait a minute. Get up and go do. I am up. I am doing. I am chanting the name of God. I am staying focused with the movement of spirit. And then I heard a voice inside say, no, get up and go do. <laughs> and I went, oh, okay. And then I realized that the subtle movement of spirit inside had quieted down from that meditative action. And so I went up, I got up and I went and started doing in the day, doing in the world. But at the same time, I'm never looking up to see if that subtle movement is there. I want God in all that I do. And so I'm never looking up to go, are you here, God? Are you with me, God? Are you doing this with me? So that I am ever having God present in everything, in all things. And I do that in my daily morning activity, where I ask that the grace of the Holy Spirit go before me, clearing away any and all disturbances and distractions in my meditation, in my daily life, so that I ever stay focused and present on God first. It really is living that divine, loving essence that you are is putting God first. Have no other gods before me. So, in this action, as Brian was talking about earlier, about living in the loving, allowing the loving to live in you and through you, be aware that that loving action is a very subtle 
movement. It is spirit. Spirit isn't of this physical creation. So you're not going to experience that movement of the spirit with your physical being. You may think at times you're feeling it in the body, but it's really the soul body that you're feeling it in. The soul is the only element that you have by which to really truly be aware of that movement of the subtle loving spirit that is divine in all creation. Okay. <laughs> so thank you all very much. And I guess we'll see you all next week. And if you are, are interested in finding out more about Michael Ferry's memorial on Monday, um, you could call the house and leave a message. And as soon as Laura Doggett knows, she can get back to you and let you know for sure where it's going to be and what time. Okay? Thanks a lot. <laughs>